It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the Haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic Haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online is the legend of the ghost girl of Mount Archer true. A school theater proves itself to be haunted and there's something lurking in the computer lab of another school likes to haunt students. Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Support the show and get the bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week. EPP bonus episodes, uh, extra podcast people is what it stands for. Go to ghostpodcast.com and sign up there or uh, patreon.com slash realghoststories. Five bucks a month is all it is to sign up. Or you can do that yearly membership. And uh, you'll get yourself a uh, bonus extra. Now we're doing a uh, Real Ghost Stories Online mega USB drive, as I call it. Uh, and uh, you get yourself that. It's eight gigs. Uh, and on it, uh, more than 10 hours of uh, material. We have a brand new exclusive EPP extra long episode on there for you. Uh, also, a Richard in Chattanooga special that I just put together with never before heard calls from him. It takes the whole story to a whole other level that I didn't even realize it was at until I started going through some of those calls. Uh, you can hear that on there, plus some of my favorite interviews, including Laura DiDio from the Amityville Horror, uh, and many, many more. You get all that when you sign up for the yearly membership. I can either get the drive and I'll mail it to you, uh, or I can give you an instant download link to get all the content that way. It's up to you uh, at uh, ghostpodcast.com. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you again. Hi. Hi, Tony. How's it going, Tony? Oh, my God. You sound clear as day. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. So, I know. I don't sound like Joan Rivers, I the kinda, ghost of Joan Rivers that this week. That was kind of fun. You know, it's... But I was like, Tony, really, I was near death to get that voice. You'll have to get like a ghost box and summon her or something. <laughs> oh, my God. My luck, I would stick like that. <laughs> what? Stick like? What, was that, what does that mean? Mean that, like, I would always sound like Joan Rivers. Oh, oh, like life. if you died and then you just, like came back and gave us messages and your voice is for, like permanently Joan like Rivers? Joan Rivers, yes. People will be so confused. You'll be like, no, I'm Carol Hughes. Why does Joan Rivers keep saying she's someone named Carol Hughes? 
That's so bizarre. You're Joan Rivers. Yeah. I'm not. I'm really not. That'd be great. Well, I'm glad uh, glad that you're back and uh, and and feeling better. That's, uh, that's thank a you. Good Me yeah. too. I'm I'm more happy about it than you. Trust yeah. Me. Jen's on her like third round of antibiotics for her ooh, uh, ailments. She, she uh she cuz first she had um it was uh I think it was strep. Uh or, no, it wasn't strep. It was That was my no, affliction. It, it was she a, can't have my affliction. It was a sinus infection first. I know I get everybody's ailments mixed up. It was first a sinus infection, then uh, then it turned into bronchitis. And today she has an ear infection. So it's like, oh my God, she's just loading up. It's, it's to the point where they're like, OK, we're going to give you more antibiotics. But now you have to take some probiotics. Otherwise, you're oh, yeah. fucked. So, yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it sucks because it's like, a, you know, it's now basically a summer illness. And it's never fun to get that stuff in the summer. So. Or any time of year, but I was going to add that yeah, really, Tony. Yeah. Any time of year, even the sucks, winter's not a good time. It's uh, I don't know, like why? Yeah, uh, why is that that people get sick more in the winter times than in in summers? Because everybody's kind of boxed up. It's like kind of the airplane thing, where just everything that could be. Uh, that could be. I've always wondered that. You almost think like back you, in the olden days, like Jane Austen days. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't read a lot of Jane Austen books, but um, they would just go out in the cold, wet weather and get consumption. I like, that's all they had to do, get cold yeah. and wet, and then they would get consumption. And it seems people to this day still believe that getting cold and wet is actually going to cause a virus. Now, it can it can aggravate a virus, but being cold and wet does not create a cold. Every Jane Austen book, somebody got it from being outside, from being outside and getting yeah. wet. I should have known that. I have, a, I have, like, Jane Austen posters all over my room to this day. you do. Yeah. <laughs> right next to the George Michael Faith one. It's just kind of, Jan looks at me. She's like, what? Why? Why? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's jump over to our first story. It says, there's a mountain in our town called Mount Archer. There's a legend of a child ghost that haunts up there. You'll find more out in the story. I had no prior knowledge about this before this event. So it was around 11 p.m. at night, maybe later. We decided, hey, let's go for a drive. At this time, the mountain was under road work and you needed to have a code to get up there. People live up there and it was for residents only. My partner's friend had the code because his parents lived up there. I was driving, so I typed in the code and we went up. Now, because there were roadworks, they had you no. Know, they had the the stoplights up. We had uh, caught uh, caught at one, and they were there for ages. This was about three fourths of the way up the mountain. Light finally turns green, and I start driving. Then I see something run across the road, and I say, "Did you see that?" My partner, who knew about the legend, asked me what exactly I saw. I said I saw what looked like a small child run across the road, but it could have been an animal. My eyes are just playing tricks. My partner then told me to keep driving and to not look in my rearview mirror. So I kept driving. My partner had his eye on me the whole time, making sure I didn't look. It was hard. Then the road started to fog. It fogged so bad, I couldn't see the road at all. I started freaking out, and my partner said to stop the car. He told me not to get out, but to swap seats. So we swapped seats without getting out, and the second he sits in the chair, the fog clears. We could see the road again. He started to drive back down, and I kept asking what happened, and he said, Well, tell me when we get home. Apparently, there was a child that was beaten and left up there. A child now haunts up there, and it said that it will run across the road to try and make you swerve. If you swerve, you're gone, and you're off the mountain. It's a big drop, and there's no surviving it. If that doesn't work, it will appear in your rearview mirror to try and do the same thing again. I've never gone up there during the night scene. Even during the day, I refuse. I've been up there once during the day since and was freaking out the whole time thinking that I would see this child again. So, yeah, that is kind of creepy to think of the child that's trying to get you to drive off the side of the cliff. It's not. Uh, <laughs> you think? A little not, bit creepy. Not a normal thing that children are usually like up to. It's like, hey, let's play drive people off the cliff. You know. Well, it's so sad because if the child is beaten and then left for dead and now the kid's just pissed. <laughs> And trying to kill everybody. I know. I mean, it makes you, I mean, I guess like the twisted plot in the horror movie of that is that 
like the the child that gets taken up there is like Damien or something from I guess so. It's like when you just say child and you take up there, it's like oh my god, that's horrible. And then it turns out like the kid's been trying to kill everyone for like the last year and it's been successful several times. It's like killed the priest, it's killed all the pets, it's killed every extended family member. And then they're like, we're taking you to the mountain. You're evil, and you know. That, but that part of the story is omitted, and it, the kid's still up there driving people off the side of the road. I've never understood anyone who names their kid Damien. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're just setting the kid up. <laughs> like, I just think that's so weird. Uh, we need to do more judging in this world. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sure you want to go with Damien? I swear to God, uh, it, it's one of those things where when I and I, I won't I won't say names or anything, but uh, you, you can just tell. Um, especially now with kids and, and when my kids say, oh yeah, my friend so-and-so and the name is just like, are you fucking serious? That's your friend's <laughs> name? They're like, yeah. And our kids, they don't think anything of it. They don't know any better. This is their first run at life. So if somebody has named something really fucking dumb, um, they're just like, what? And it's like, oh, that poor kid. And you're just thinking that kid, not only are they fucked because their name is so insane, but also they're fucked because their parents were that dumb and they're living in this house. And it's just you have, I don't know. (laughs) This is Tony's message of I have no faith in people. (laughs) I'll I'll step off my soapbox for a moment because the world is fucked. But uh, anyhow, that's why I lock myself in my house and tell ghost stories for a living because I can't deal with humans. But my guess is the kid on the mountain's name is Damien. Yeah. Kid's name's Damien. That's the answer. (laughs) And the other thing is don't ever go on that mountain again. No need. There are other places to go. Yeah. Like, not even curiosity. I'd be like, you know, that one time I barely got out alive. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just, it's, it's messed up. You remember, uh, I understand when cats do that. Remember Toons is the driving cat from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember that bit at all? Kind of. Toons is the driving cat. And the cat would, would always be driving the car for whatever reason. Like people like Steve Martin would get in the car with the cat and, (laughs) and the cat would drive them. And they, they were just amazed. They're like, oh, my God, our cat can drive. And and for some reason, the cat always drove off a cliff every single time. It was so disappointing. You hoped like, it was one time maybe the cat will make it. But the cat. That's killed. back when they wrote every Saturday Night Lives get well high. High, exactly. <laughs> Tunes is really, the really high. Cat. So either you have to be really high to appreciate it or like six. <laughs> so I was six <laughs> and high, which made it even better. So. <laughs> When I used to go by Damien. Exactly. <laughs> if I wasn't watching Toontis, I was getting cars to fly off the cliff. And I was dressed as a cat and high. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. But Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next story. It says, I love your podcast so much. It's by far my favorite paranormal one. I'm a sophomore in high school. I listen to it every single day. Uh, this story only happened two years ago. We were doing the show Peter Pan at uh, our school one day. The director decided to take us out of our normal rehearsal space and into the gym theater for more space. The gym was big, had a stage in one of the walls. There were only five people in the group, four actors, including me and the director. And it was after school, so there was no one else there. We were in the gym, and the director decided that we didn't need the overhead lights on because we would use the work lights on the stage. So the gym was mostly dark. My old school was very paranormal from what I heard. There was a girl who died 20 years ago from an allergic reaction to peanuts. And there was a man who died where the current playground stands. We went through our rehearsal as normal at first, but I had a really weird feeling. I was standing on the right wing, and three other actors were standing on the left of the director. And I was standing in front of us on the floor. All of a sudden, I heard whispers to the right of the stage. I brushed it off, but I noticed my friend looking in that direction like she heard something. Later, I was at the back of the stage with the three other actors and director in front of me. I could see them all perfectly. I was up against the curtain that hides a little walkway behind the stage. All of a sudden, there was a very loud sneeze from behind the curtain. No one's mouths were moving. The director wasn't paying attention and looking at papers. She said, bless you. I told my director I was going to check something behind the stage just to make sure the gym teacher wasn't sneaking around. I checked behind the curtain, and no one was there. 
There were two bathrooms across the gym towards the end of the rehearsal. I saw a tall shadow figure walk between the bathrooms. Then the rehearsal ended and we all went outside to wait for our parents. I asked my friend why she was looking at me weirdly during rehearsal and she said there was, she wasn't looking at me. She was looking behind me. She said she saw a tall man, his face, a shadow, but was wearing what looked like a pilgrim outfit. I told her about my experience and we still cannot explain it to this day. I do not usually have experiences with these things and I have a very overactive imagination, but I thought it was strange that a lot of other people in the room were experiencing the same things. What do you think? Da-da-da. Carol, what do you think? I think there are a lot of haunted theaters. Yeah. I really do. It seems like most of them. Yeah, I think any any theater with any sort of age to it has something that's probably haunting it. Is it because it's a place that people, you know, theater is an interesting thing. For some, it's a profession. For some, it's a hobby and just in a passion on the side. But it's something that, you know, if you're in it, you love it. And it, and it, it it's like a part of you. Um, there's very few. Yeah, pro- even if you're not very good. Yeah, it's just like you're just. There's very few professions that are like that. I'd say radio is like that, too. Like, it's just part of you. It's part of your identity more than other careers uh, happen to be. Um, And there's many careers that that can be like that. But theater, also one of them. Is that the reason why so many theaters are haunted? Because it was such an important thing to those people that returned to the theater? Because it's just, you know, it was I was just passionate about it in life. Why wouldn't I be in death? That's what I think, because it's like they so love it. Mm-hmm. And love being part of it that they can't leave it. Or it might be the one place where they felt accepted or the one place where they felt important. Sure. You know, because if you're on stage and you're nailing a role and everybody loves you, that's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. So, you know, it might have something to do with that. You mean ghost but stories? How weird that. A ghost would sneeze like with seasonal allergies or something. That really is disheartening because that's one of those things that I really hope does not follow me into death. Right. There's a lot of shit I'm looking like forward no strep to. Like no throat yeah. once you die. That's one of those things. It's like, are you serious? I mean, how do you get antibiotics and stuff when you're dead? I mean, what do you... Uh, seasonal allergy, allergies better be gone. That's all I can say. Especially because I want to fuck with cats a lot. I like cats. <laughs> and... And I know they can probably see me. And if I'm not sneezing around them, I can totally screw with them. And then people are like, oh, my God, my cat's insane. No, it's just me. I'm just fucking with your cat and I'm dead. So I'm, and I'm dressed as a pilgrim. Exactly. I, I'm excited. I mean, there's, you got to look forward to these things about when you die, because otherwise it's just kind of dark. <laughs> Looking forward to fucking with people's cats. Not fucking cats, fucking with people's cats. So <laughs> there's a difference. Let's just be totally clear on this. So there's no uh nobody's editing that little piece of the audio up going, listen to Tony, he says he's gonna fuck cats. He's a creep. It's like that's messed up. So yeah. With is in there in that sentence. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. I was going to ask you, do you have any, uh, and you don't have to say the name of the venue, but I know you you write plays, uh, melodramas, uh, and and there's a common theater that a lot of them are performed at. Are there there any ghost stories of that location? I'm not going to say it unless you want to or because I don't want to, you know, it's not my business, so. Both the theaters that I've worked at here have reported hauntings. Okay. In fact, there's a third theater that's much larger that they I've heard of hauntings there too. Like what? What's the best one that you've heard? Well, years ago when I was working at one of them, um, we had a party. It was New Year's Eve. We had a party afterwards. And maybe I told you this story. I think I did. But so... We're doing a slumber party in the theater. So mm-hmm. we're all just drinking and having fun. And we actually had a little dance. And then we decided we're done. We're going to go watch movies mm-hmm. in the back. So we shut down the sound system, like powered off. And we're just sitting around talking. It's super quiet in the theater. And somebody starts talking through the speakers. And I'm like, that's not possible. And somebody else is like, well, they're trying to explain it like a taxi's going past and using a two-way. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no. Like, we walked over to the soundboard. I'm like, there is no power. Yeah, it would need to be powered like, on at least. Yeah. And 
and you could hear this man talking. Couldn't understand anything he was saying, but you could hear him talking. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember you telling me that story years yeah. ago. Yeah. And then the other one that I write for, like, oh gosh, like one day, like when you enter the theater, you have to have a flashlight to walk across the theater to get to the office. Mm-hmm. There's no lights in there at all. So it could be middle of the day and it's pitch dark. Like you can have your hand in front of your face. You can't see a thing. Yeah. And um, if the door shut into the theater. So my friend opens the theater, walks across the theater, opens the door, turns around and somebody's sitting there. Yeah. Right. And um, of course he's like, Oh my God turns around, looks again, and it's not there. But he said it was plain as day there was somebody sitting there. Mm -hmm. Or like one time somebody was throwing a bunch of the cocktail glasses. They're plastic, so they weren't breaking. But one after the other, after the other, they were throwing him from Mm -hmm. behind the bar, and there was nobody behind the bar. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a creepy one. That is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, theaters got their spirits, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, creepy. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's uh, jump over here to this caller. Hi, you're on there. I was in a town in Switzerland called La Paco. L-E-S-P-A-C-O-T, I believe. Um, at the time, I was 12 years old, maybe 11, actually. And um, we had a a flat, a proper flat. Uh, um, my parents were in one room, my sister and I in another, and our family friends uh, in the large apartment or flat um, on the other side. At night, I woke up to what I felt was a fluttering on my face, like butterfly wings or moths. Um, I turned the lamp on and it was a bedside lamp. So twisted knob and, uh, turned it on. Nothing, nothing at all. Went back to bed and, uh, in the bed next to me, my sister was fast asleep, no issues whatsoever. Went back to bed, maybe five minutes later, 10 minutes later. Same thing, fluttering, like fingers, like butterflies, like moths, like something just brushing me on my face. Woke up again, turned the light on, nothing. This repeated about two or three times, to which point I decided to leave my room and walked into my parents' room. And this is probably now about 4.30, 4 in the morning, let's say. My father and mother were wide awake. And I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. But I said, they they asked me, they said, why why are you, what's what's happening? Why are you here? I said, oh, no, nothing. I just, something woke me up. And my mother was in a bit of a state of shock. And um, I looked at her and in my young state, I didn't quite know what was wrong, but they're both awake at an odd hour of the morning. And I looked at her and said, "What? what's happening? She said, why are you awake? I said, well, again, these Moths or butterflies are bothering my room. I, I don't know what. I turn the light on every time and they're not there. And she's like, did you see anything else? I'm like, oh, just, you know, just like red. She's like, what do you mean red? Turns out my mother had woken up to a dream where there were inverted crosses and red, which she can only identify as blood streaming down the walls. 
with the inverted crosses insofar as the crucifix on the wall. And these were waking dreams for her. We all gathered together and slept in the living room of the flat or apartment we were staying at. Anyway, we were meant to leave the next day. And when we checked out, uh, Michelle, who was the uh, owner slash renter, realtor, whatever you'd like to call him. Uh, yes, Michelle's him, by the way. Um, my mom told him about this and he said, look, I understand only because back in the day in La Paco, which is about 20 kilometers north in the mountains uh, from Montreux in uh, Switzerland, um, so this used to be um, a place where satanic worship was quite prevalent. Um, not that it has been since then, though there were sacrificial rituals which were performed and similar. And that is what my mom had envisioned and or seen. And insofar as the moths, butterflies, and or whatever I felt in my face, I don't know. That's my story. My name is Samir, S-A-M-I-R. Thank you, Samir, for sharing that uh, that story with us. Well, that's uh, that's kind of that's creepy as hell, and it totally uh, it, it changes the the meaning to the song "Butterfly Kisses" by Bob Carlyle <laughs> that everyone like bit. that everyone likes to play at uh, the father daughter dance. They went butterfly kisses and inverted crosses <laughs> that are bleeding down the walls, bleeding down the walls and satanic rituals. These are the things I think of with my daughter. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I was thinking, like, when he's reading that, if you never ever need a day off just from reading the stories, have that guy read them. <laughs> he was pretty good. He's got a great voice. He was. I, uh, I, I did enjoy his storytelling there, um, but that is a messed up story. Well, um, that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out. It's like, what if that crazy energy gets stuck to me? Mm-hmm. You know, that freaks me out. Like. Do you have that experience and it was just there and then you go on about your life and never happens again? Or does it happen again because you were there? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like. That's the kind of shit I lay in bed at night and think about. Stuck on you. Got the satanic (laughs) ritual blues and it's just so true. Yes, I'm on my way. Need an inverted cross and the blood dripping down. It's going all the way to the end. Yes, I'm on my way. Mighty glad you stayed. In this really creepy place. Yeah, it'd be great. Great. God, That's just a creepy yeah. story. Especially when the guy fills in the backstory. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to hear more from him if he has more. More traumatic issues in his life. I would love well, to hear more. Perhaps he can just get ghost stories from other people yeah. and say, "Hey, my friend yeah. has a yeah. story," and just tell the story because yeah. he's great. That was that was creepy. I thank him. For, thank you for calling, sir. It was a really that was a very interesting story. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another letter. It says the following events took place in an elementary school in Tempe, Arizona, in the early two thousands. The accounts are personal experiences that I had while working there as a a computer lab assistant. I worked in a computer lab with grades K through 5. The lab is positioned in the rear of the school where not a lot of people travel often. That is an important detail for the story. The school was established in 1971, so it's not that old, but who knows what happened on the land. Okay, so on with the true stories. One day when a kindergarten class was in the lab, a particularly well-behaved group, one of the little girls who did not speak very good English ran over to me and was crying. She was speaking Spanish, which I was not fluent in, so I didn't really know what was wrong. Another little bilingual girl told me that she saw a ghost. I tried to question the child further since I've always been intrigued, but she didn't want to talk about it very much. 
I coaxed a little more and finally got her to say it was her. I'm guessing that she called it the her because she only spoke a little English and mostly Spanish. She probably didn't realize the translation of language or something, but then that combination of words freaked me out big time. The class finished and I had left alone in the lab with no further incident for that day. Another time, one of the custodians helped me move paper to a storage room in the lab. Little history is necessary here, but I'll keep it brief. The computer lab bordered the wall of the library. This is the same side that the kids were sitting on when they said they saw her. Over the first summer of my employment, the lab was remodeled, as was the library, to have a space between the walls with an office on either side. My almost office became a storage room instead. So, like I said, we moved a whole year's supply worth of paper into the storage room and stacked it neatly in the corner. There were dozens of boxes, and it took a couple hours to move them all over and store them. So around two weeks later, someone came and needed more paper for a printer. I unlocked the door. Only myself and the custodian had a key to the door because they hadn't made copies yet and found the room in total disarray. Paper boxes were moved around into weird, nonsensical positions, and some were even emptied out onto the floor. For example, three boxes were stacked on the opposite end of the room on their sides. Several boxes were crammed into the tiny server table, nothing like we left it. I contacted the custodian, and he swore that he did not go into the room. I believed him. I didn't see why he would trash the place, even if he had. Another incident happened when I came into the lab early one morning to start up the computers. I noticed something in the middle of the room on the floor. I turned on the lights and it was a pyramid-style pile of sand on the floor. I called the custodian and asked if my room had been serviced the previous night, and he informed me that it wasn't scheduled until the current night for cleaning. I asked him if he could come over and vacuum real quickly because there was sand all over the place. He came and looked and shocked, and he said, Wow. There is sand all over the place. Now, the funny thing is that after the sand was vacuumed from the spot, he went around the surrounding area, and there was no clang of the sound being picked up by the vacuum. It was as though someone emptied all the sand into the room into a small pile in the middle. Usually, when the lab would be vacuumed, it would be very clickety-sounding since it didn't get vacuumed, but a couple times a week, and it was heavily trafficked. One last incident, and the most significant in my mind, happened when it was time to film the students for their student council advertisements. It was my job to record them and then upload them onto the closed-circuit television. It was a somewhat new use of the technologies at that time, so I filmed all the kids without incident, usually uh, taking them into small groups. There was one kid left that I had to film alone, a fifth grader. I filmed her speech without incident and remarked on how well I thought she had done in her speech. It was really one of the best I've ever heard a kid her age give. So when I was editing all the film to go up onto the television system, I got to her recording, and midway through the shoot, the screen went black with a booming sound as though something hit the camera. There was a muffled noise, almost like the tape was old or something, although the entire tape worked perfectly except for these 20 seconds or so. It was almost like you could hear a static sound building up, and then someone sound like if you wipe... Uh, if you, you whipped out some sort of a wire and damaged the tape. You know how that makes a very tingy noise. Well, I slowed the film down using my cheesy program and made a frame-by-frame advance on it. There was one frame right before the bang in black screen where you could see a little corner of light on the top of the film. Then after the period elapsed, the film just came black. Instantly, the next frame. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen film do. The only other thing that happened was I told one of the teachers that I thought the school had a ghost, and she said calmly, Oh yeah, there's a couple of them. I didn't do any real research on it, and most of the events I discounted until later when I thought about weird things at that school. I'm sure I forgot a couple. Maybe I can write them into you guys on another episode. Does any of this sound ghostly or paranormal to you at all? Obviously the answer is yes. Still troubles me to this day. There you go. A haunted school. Computer lab is one of those places in school I never really look at and I go, oh, that seems like a creepy place. There's always, those are kind of like the, I think, one of the least creepy areas uh, of a school. Well, then I was thinking like, you know, the old timey ghosts, they mess with your lights and stuff. Sure. And, but like, if you were a computer nerd ghost... You would get dismissed all the time for your hauntings. It would be like, eh, 
this mal- malfunction. Yeah, you know. That's true. Troubleshooting. And you're like, no, I'm really haunting you. And I'm trying to get with, to you the way I know how. By messing with your computer. I'm corrupting all your floppy disks. Right? Yeah. And then, like, so you're taping the girl, and I'm, I'm going to make it really obvious. That's, that, yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting that she got all, everybody else okay, except that one little, mm-hmm. that one kid. That is, that, that's bizarre. And why it wanted to do that, there doesn't really seem to be much rhyme or reason other than just. But then look it's at like me. maybe there was a bad piece of tape there. Anything True. that has technology attached to it, yeah. there's some kind of explanation for it. Especially, yeah, the, the older it gets, the more uh, corrupt it could be. I remember many a times just the floppy disks and all that. Like, you get done writing something, and then it's like, oh, your disk is corrupted. Oh, that's great. You know, and you're just kind of screwed. There was no such thing as, like, saving to the cloud or or anything, or, like, fl- or flash drives, or it was like you had a, a shitty floppy disk. Because <laughs> computer nerd ghosts yeah. are really going to have to think about this, like how you could really get someone's attention. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough one. for them. What was the creepiest place in your school or like, like high school or a junior high? What would you say was like the creepiest area? Well, I skipped a lot of school in high school. <laughs> <laughs> when you did a 10. I don't really know. <laughs> I didn't really get any creepy stuff no. out of, from my high school at all. Um, or even my, grade school i i don't remember any weird and it might have been because my house was so weird that sure. anything that happened at school was like nothing it was almost like a yeah like a, an escape and and that was kind of like probably a peaceful place if there's nothing going on there yeah i i always liked the the library to me always seemed like one of the in the back area of the library i always like to look at the old magazines because for whatever reason school's Back then, I don't know if they still do this, they would never get rid of the magazines. They would just archive them. And I would, I loved like going into the back archive room and I always have to go get permission and a key to go back there. And I would just be looking through old magazines from like the 60s and the 70s that were just sitting back there in, in these archives. Cause I like looking at the ads and just kind of seeing, you know, it was, it was more of a slice of life than an encyclopedia. And I always thought that was. I an bet interesting they don't even do. have magazines in schools. I, I, I bet they don't. Would they? I doubt it. I mean, everything's. I mean, they don't have textbooks half the time. I mean, that that's that's another thing that I'm baffled by. And it's funny because I have one that's going into junior high this year, and and she's they're they're having lockers for the first time that are you know other than just right outside your classroom. You know, this is locker, and you got to go you know from class to class, and. I remember having, you know, not only a, a backpack and then breaking your back because you have all the damn books in it, those super heavy textbooks, but then you got to try and get back to your locker on the other side of the building between the hour to switch out the textbook and then go back to the opposite side of the building all in the course of like three and a half minutes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, then try and get through the halls with, you know, hundreds of people just flooding around like ants. And, and I just have like so little pity when I hear, I don't know how I'm going to do it because I have to walk from one side of the building to the other in six minutes. And like, what about your textbooks? Like, we don't have that. Everything's on the, on our, on our laptop. So you don't have to go to your locker at all. Do you No. How am I, (laughs) but it's overwhelming. I mean, you know, once you get in the flow, you get it down. But I remember just, you know, those those first days before you get into that, it's an overwhelming thought, but it's just so funny because I'm I'm hearing this. I'm going, Oh my God, this could not be easier from getting to point A to point B. Uh, But yeah, uh, yeah. because when I was in college, you know, and you'd have all the classes you had to go to. And then in between the classes, you had another class you had to study for. Yeah. So my back got all kinds of jacked up. Yeah. Carrying around all those books. Now you could just go find a little corner and get online and do everything that way. Yeah, with your computer that weighs less than a pound. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's just a completely different 
world that has changed so i mean we thought it had changed so quick when we had computers uh you know versus i mean your you know generation before me and you got you know so we had that and you know and that seemed radically different now today you know what they have it's like holy shit it's you know we thought it was you know it can't get much better than this in in the 90s and now it's like oh my god what are they gonna have what are, what are these kids kids gonna have is what i'm wondering Maybe you just insert the technology into their brain on a chip. <laughs> you don't have to teach anymore. It's just right? boom. It's like, here's it's your education. Yeah. Take this chip. Every child when they're born. Insert it into your brain. <laughs> they get Wikipedia like installed like at birth. <laughs> they just Here's the chip. Did you Wikipedia your baby? Everybody's doing it. It's like, it's like what do you want your baby to be? Yeah. It's like, we're not going to vaccinate for polio, but we're going to get the Wikipedia chip. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. So. There you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Another letter, it says, I've been spurred on to relate this experience uh, by uh, some of my friends. I've always uh, thought this to be highly unusual, but uh, taking uh, some of these experiences into account, it uh, may not be so unusual at all. I lived in a mining town in South Africa for two years in the 80s. This haunting occurred during the winter of 87. The winter season is May to August in South Africa. Before I continue, I would like to point out that after some rather terrifying haunting experiences, which I had predominantly as a child, I tried my utmost to block out anything that seemed slightly off. I succeeded rather successfully at this for several years and would ignore anything that did not seem normal. Unfortunately, I do not believe that this can last forever or let me speak for myself. As soon as my guard was down, if something really wanted me to notice it, it made it impossible for me to ignore it. Now, back to this event, the introduction. It occurred in June of July of 87. Don't remember the date exactly. Okay, uh, naughty me, but I remember I did not want anything to do with the paranormal. This happened in the early hours of the morning. I was awoken by an electrical shock going through my body. My first reaction was that I had been hit by lightning, which was totally impossible because there was no way that a lightning bolt could have hit me in my bed. Firstly, the bed was too far from the window, plus curtains, plus my husband sleeping on the window side of the bed. Also in that area, we experienced summer storms and rain. It is exceptional for this to occur in winter, and we certainly did not have a storm on that particular night. I woke my husband up, a difficult task as he's a night owl, and when he comes to bed, he sleeps like a log until I wake him up the following morning. He told me I'd been dreaming and I had to go back to sleep. Just to mention, there was an electrical connection just behind my side of the bed. Activity immediately escalated after that. The following night, the entity sat next to me on my bed. I could tell this was rather a heavy man by the weight I felt on the bed. A few nights after this, I started hearing heavy footsteps walking down the passage towards my bedroom. I could feel his presence and it made me feel extremely uneasy. I was not terrified as he simply did not emanate that feeling he'd hang around for a while my sense of his presence would slowly dissipate i did not ever hear retreating footsteps back down the passage now i never saw this entity for whatever reason possibly because i was trying to distance myself from him and did not want to see him or for reasons of his own he did not want to show himself however things got worse from there on one night, I was in my bathroom, seated on the throne. I had the bathroom light switched on. The next thing, the bathroom light was simply switched off. I shouted for my husband, accusing him of switching the light off, and needless to say, he was elsewhere in the house and not even in the bedroom. Another event was when I was having a bath. Now, the curtain at the bathroom window was never closed as it opened onto an outdoor entertainment area at the back of the house and was not visible to passerby neighbors. Nevertheless, it seems that this entity was annoyed by my brazen lack of personal morality and closed the curtain in a very purposeful manner, almost wrenching it closed. He, however, didn't seem to have any problem with the intruding on a lady taking a bath. He attached himself to me at an alarming rate, even following me around during the day. I was aware of his presence at various times of the day or night, whatever I might have been in the house at the time. My husband never experienced any of this, and if it had not been for the bathroom light and certain incidents, he probably would not have believed me at all. In fact, I think he still entertained me. Uh, when this guy started messing with electrical appliances, such as switching the TV off while my kids were watching their programs and turning off the stove when I was cooking, I decided enough was enough. It's becoming a pest, and I tend to be quite a private person. 
Strangely enough, my mother, the one who does not believe in the supernatural, told me to immediately contact a Catholic priest in town and get him to bless the house. What a surprise. So it seems that she was not so unbelieving after all. Long story short, I was practicing Catholic at the time and raised my children in the same religion. Priest came over the following Sunday after Mass and performed the ceremony. It was a little bit difficult to explain to the kids just why Father was there to bless the house, but they were very young at the time and just accepted it for what it was, a blessing of the house. During the ceremony, I believe the priest actually managed to cross this entity over to where it belonged. From then on, I never once heard it or felt its presence. It has since occurred to me that this might be why it was hanging around me all the time. Perhaps it wanted to cross over, but simply did not know how. It's an interesting way to look at it, and I'm happy that it ended that way, and the priest car didn't like self-destruct on his way home, which happens in some (laughs) cases. It does happen in movies. It does. I've, I've seen those movies. No, that is really interesting. That's a that was a really scary but good story. It has a good happy ending. There'd be yeah, that, there'd yeah. Be that music. I mean, if yeah. if you, I mean, if you really can have a happy ending after something has terrorized you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's good that that you know she was able to help it. Yeah, and and that's maybe what it did, where it moved on, and it had. I mean, it seems to be the perfect ending to the ghost story. It would be like what happened if if like Full House had a ghost in it. There'd be that nice, you know, warm, cuddly music at the end. Everybody sits on the couch, and you know, uh, Michelle, what we did was we helped the evil spirit cross over. When I know it killed our dog. What was the dog's name on Full House? Uh, I had never watched that. Fuck, I forgot the dog's name. Uh, I used to watch that show all the time, too. Um, whatever. It killed the dog. and But you know what? We helped it cross over. So there you go. But that's okay. I mean, all those horrible things it did to us. Full house but dog. anything to make that stuff stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, God, I couldn't live like that. And then as, as she's telling this story, I'm like, because I think, well, if you're going to be in a haunted place like i'd rather mm-hmm. be sleeping in bed with somebody yeah. so then if your husband sleeps that kind of hard just go back to bed yeah. go to sleep everything's fine no it's not something is over here and it's I just gonna... feel like i got struck by lightning that's yeah. not normal that's just it's fine that's a uh a gotta be a weird sensation to have and, and disturbing as well comet was the name of the dog in full house just for everyone playing along at home screaming at their <laughs> device going it's comet it's comet damn it you and your trivia you don't answer you don't know the comet there we go i don't have nobody has to email me because usually when i do this and i i'm like i don't know what it is like the next day i have like 50 emails going it was this like thank you i appreciate that but the thing is it's like weeks after we recorded so i'm like what are they talking about (laughs) i'm like oh yeah one of my dumb questions so there we go i think the full house the one that woman Lori, whatever her name is yeah Yeah, so she probably paid for that dog to go to some kind of get accepted into some kind of really great dog school. I could see that, like the elite Petco or something. Exactly. (laughs) And the dog was really not all that into it and that bright. But she's like, take my dog. Here's like $50,000. I wonder if they're going to because they said that she's not coming back for the uh, the final episode of Fuller House, um, which my kids watch now religiously. Uh, So. I wonder how how this is going to end where, you know, Uncle Jesse and, you know, Aunt Becky is no longer there. Is, is she just going to be like away and she can't make it to the party on the last well, maybe episode? Maybe they or? just write in true story. And it's like, so she would have come back, but she did something illegal. And now she's paying the price. The whole final episode is spent in a penitentiary. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they go visit her there. <laughs> And all the men are locked up. They're like, we found it very suspicious that three men were living in a house with underage girls. That was really weird for all those years. And, and you know, uh, the whole story, like the kids in these these scandals are like, I didn't know my parents did that. Yeah. But I did show up for pictures for rowing day team pictures. <laughs> I kind of questioned that. But, oh. you know, I thought everybody did that. Yeah, you just got to question the intelligence of those poor kids. I mean, it's not, I mean, they're obviously, they're well off financially, but it's like, 
when you get too much handed to you, you don't necessarily develop the intelligence needed to fend for and yourself you show in up life. for soccer practice. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, what? Just... I have to go to soccer practice? Yeah. Isn't this, wait, okay. I, just, I thought it was just a photo op. That's all. Isn't that where everybody's done all these years, all these pictures of all these teams? These, pe these people actually played the game? Really? I thought it was just a photo op. Everybody just dressed up like their favorite thing. You know, I'm going like, to take a picture and I'll put it on Instagram. That would be great. It's like the old time photo booth. You know, it's just, exactly. It's you do. That's exactly it it's soccer day. You know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how it works. Good times. Good times. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. That's going to wrap up the show for today. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. You sign up on the website at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of the episodes. And then we don't have to play the role of Aunt Becky in this household. So <laughs> get the kids into school eventually. So with our own money. So uh, that's, uh, that's where your money goes to keeping us alive. So until next time for Carol Hughes, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy.